0: Hello. This is Nuggets of Wisdom, the podcast, and today I have with me Jesus. <laughs> I'm so happy I have Jesus on the podcast. First visit with Jesus. And you know, you like, you know, I love to introduce my guests, and why would I not have Jesus on my podcast? Look, look at him. You know, like, who's not attracted? I, I've to been the... working on my hair a little bit. <laughs> uh, this smile. This beautiful eyes. <laughs> and to be honest, we haven't spoken much, but yeah. I feel we ha- like we have. We've connected a lot. We've met, and uh, we gazed into each other's eyes many mm-hmm. times. We hugged many times. I don't almost mm-hmm. know nothing about you, mm-hmm. but I feel like I know everything about you. And I think this is the kind, also the kind of wisdom I want to bring to these audiences is that we don't need much to know someone and to know that there's a very beautiful heart mm. and a lot of wisdom mm. in someone. So this is why I have
1: Jesus Jesus, with me today. All right, how are you? Very good, very excited and curious, but I feel so much joy um, mm-hmm. just gathering with you and like, I know we have so much to share about, so yeah, let's do it. Yeah. yeah. So
0: again, one thing that attracts me people very much is when I can see the smile beaming mm-hmm. through the <laughs> eyes and you do have that but maybe let's talk about a time and because you probably had that all your life but yeah maybe there was a time where it was not as strong
1: mm-hmm.
0: and powerful as
1: it is now so maybe we go yeah. back there yeah so um yeah I, w- I was studying in university and um doing everything well, like the, that checklist that you want to like have social activity, party, holidays, friends, girlfriends, and like lots of fun, material possessions, you know, everything was like going on well in my life, but I will still feel that emptiness inside me. I think everyone hears that story, right? But hmm. um, for me, I was like making everyone, trying to make everyone happy, sacrificing my happiness first. And I wasn't noticing that until I was at the end of university when I got caught up drinking and driving, and I felt so ashamed of me at that time that I decided to, as soon as I finished university, which was six months from there, I just wanted to go and travel because I wanted to breathe new airs and like get away from my bubble for a little bit and to explore a different dimension of myself. Mm. And um, it wasn't until I had a conversation, a little conversation with my oldest sister, who's a philosopher, and I was about a couple of weeks before departing to Australia. I just finished university. So you imagine a lot of parties of graduation, celebrations, whatever, you know, after university. And my oldest sister was asking me, so how was the party you had last weekend? And I was like, it was amazing. And she was like, what do you guys do? And I was like, well, you know, we drank, we danced, we had love, we had fun. And she was like, can I ask you a question? Yeah, for sure. And she goes, why the most, the more important the event you attend to, the less you are. And I didn't know how, what to answer. And then she said, wouldn't it be the opposite? Like those moments, celebrations, farewells, birthdays, weddings, those moments that you really wanna encounter with the people you care about, are those moments when you drink more and you black out. And I didn't know what to answer. And then she says, Your problem, brother, is not the alcohol. You are the problem. (laughs) And now... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It was big. And then she goes, now you're going to go traveling, you're going to make some money, you're going to get to know places, you're going to get to know people, but go and get to know yourself. And in that moment, I felt like a huge glass broke inside of me. And I was like, please, I'm leaving in two weeks, suggest me a book or something, like, you really touched the fiber. And I, I, I didn't realize I was traveling with no purpose. I didn't have purpose for my steps. I was just like, uh, with no sense, just going going on, going on. And since then, I uh, like a transformation started. That was like a seed uh, that she helped me to plant in, my, in myself. And since then, I've been just like, if you synthesize it in one sentence, I start just shuffling my priorities and changing my habits. Mm. So I was in Australia for a bit over a year, and then I went to India, which, (laughs) (laughs) um, so when I went to India, I wasn't planning anything. I was like, you know, everyone goes to Bali, Philippines, Vietnam, Thailand. That's like the typical Southeast Asia trip. And I was like, well, maybe I can do something different. Like maybe India could be a different place. And I was just started reading Eckhart Tolle and I started eating vegetarian and I, started, I stopped doing weight lifting and protein shakes. I'll just start working on my own body weight. And I was feeling great. I wasn't following any philosophy or any um, vegetarian or tag. I was just following my body and my energy. And when I got to India, I went to a yoga class because I was like, okay, I'm in India. I can't go to a yoga class. Like, it's India. And I went to two yoga classes, and in the second one I went to, I will feel my body and mind and emotions in a way that I've never felt before. Like very light and like smooth and like chill. I was like, well, this is really cool. Like I can, through my body, I can influence my mental state, my concentration and my emotions, but that was really new. So in the temple I was practicing yoga, I asked the instructor, do you know any course I can do? Like I'm traveling, I have money, I have time and I, I really think yoga is a thing for me, but without, know, without knowing much. And he suggested me a yoga university, and that was, I didn't know until then. I was just t- taking notes, I was like, yeah, yeah, thank you. And I just went to the website and I applied, and I went to this yoga university, which was in a jungle. So I just did all my way to a jungle, which was, the campus was there, Swami Vivekananda's university, I didn't know Swami Vivekananda, but he's a really big guy in India. And I went to this yoga university, and that was when i got the big surprise about yoga because until then i thought yoga was a physical practice mm. and i could use my body in order to perform better mentally and emotionally but in this yoga university they will teach yoga as a science okay and i was like for 10 hours every like 4:30 a.m was the alarm clock every day and we will have like meditation then yoga practice physical postures and then for like six or seven hours sitting in a classroom about yoga science. What is stress? How many bodies do we have? How do we heal from the emotional body? And all that stuff was like, what the hell? Like for me, I was like, I came here to do yoga and I'm like sitting with my cross leg in a lotus posture, like my hips were like so in pain. And I was like, what am I doing here? But then at some point, everything just made sense for me because as an engineer, that I love science, and I love this, the left brain explanation of things. I was in this spiritual journey in India, understanding yoga as a science, as a process. Step one, step two, step three, step four, you know. And it was so clear that there is a process in order to become a better version of yourself. Mm. And it was a way of understanding spirituality from another perspective, because Chile is a Catholic ca- country, and like, they just teach you just to to have faith and pray and no explanation about it. They they just give you the rules, but they don't explain why. But yoga was like all the fundamental things that you have to follow in order to perform better at whatever aspect of your life. And that's spirituality, just become your better version, just that. And how to use in a balanced way your body and mind in order to perform better. Mm. And I thought, well, this is very important for everyone to know about it, not because of the spiritual aspect, but to the balance aspect, because mm-hmm. they, were, they were talking about being healthy. In the campus, they had this village built for people that from Europe and the United States, they were traveling there to heal cancer, hypertension, diabetes, Parkinson, everything with yoga. And I was like, how? Like yoga is a physical practice, you know? <laughs> and they had these quotes, less medication, more meditation. And they were healing people Choose through the energy body, which is the emotional body. They, they, they say that all the illness starts in the emotional body. Mm. And since then, that was three years ago, an appetite um, built it up in me about reading about the science of the spirituality. So I wouldn't stop reading books about neuroscience, personal development, personal growth, um, Eastern philosophy, and then trying to see the common patterns on them. So then I can explain to people in my country or whoever I get to meet in a balanced way spirituality because sometimes we talk about spirituality from the right brain from the spiritual brain which mm. is yeah I know but we have two hemispheres and we need to integrate both in order mm. to have a whole brain state to uh, attend to a situation in a holistic way not just from the right brain so I became very curious about all these subjects and in the area we are now Um, science can really get close to spirituality now, quantum physics, and all the research they're doing, they're getting closer and closer to all the philosophy that has been there for 7,000 years or 12,000 years, you know. So I think we're in an era that we can really um, approach spirituality from a balanced way, not from the woo-woo way or the badass way, but from both.
0: Yeah, Mm. I think that's very interesting and also I share that Brain, because I, I'm also an engineer. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's also what I studied, and, and we're here at Mind Valley where yeah. vision also brings a lot of that you know, how to explain spirituality from a very logical, scientific approach. Mm. Um, and so, the way I, I talk about it, I talk about body, mind, and soul. So, I think there's like mm. three parts so like the emotional journey, the logical journey, and the physical journey. Yeah. You know, Yoga is also practice. Yeah. And once you put all three together, you have this That's right. balance or harmonized way of yeah. approaching it. Now, you also told me that you, you went away from yoga. Yeah. So, and I'm curious, you know, you have all this journey, you're like, oh, this changed my life, you know, I went from, you know, and, and you just show, showed me a picture of... <laughs> of you from several years ago yeah. and like the body transformation is massive yeah but so yoga brought you, you to that and then you kind of
1: yeah right so when i went back to chile people were very curious about my transformation mm. and they were like what did you do like, what mm. are you doing like I, I dropped 25 kilos i changed my looking my my subjects of conversation my habits so people were curious about it and I wasn't sure about like getting a job as an engineer and keep my habits of spirituality or share whatever I learned in India to everyone in order to help them transform their lives if they want to, because there's many tools to transform your life. I can just share whatever worked for me. So I started doing workshops in the university where I studied engineering. I did um, for two years workshops of emotional intelligence, so I'll teach students breath works, meditation and a lot of like insights of my journey in order to make them have a more balanced life, not only as a student, but inviting them to think that work life is not only about the intellectual aspect, it's very emotional too. You get very emotional when you work or when you do any, anything regarding to jobs, it's very emotional, but they don't teach you emotional intelligence, no. they don't teach you how to deal with stress, they don't teach you how to... Separate your house issues with your job issues. You start mixing them all the time (laughs) So I'll start doing that and guided meditations to courses enterprises and I opened up my yoga studio And I was like in six months I was like full-on like full-on doing like I don't know 13 yoga classes a week guided meditations doing these workshops in university and I just got overwhelmed, you know, I was like I was just giving too much and I forgot to do my practice my meditations I was just giving and giving and giving, and my body was telling me. My body was in pain. My body was, uh, like, not restful at all. I would start, like, uh, having eating disorders. I was still eating healthy, but, like, not in, an, in, an, in a structure, you know? So I did... Because yeah. there's
0: one thing of eating unhealthy when you're a rugby player, engineer, and now you're doing this as a yoga teacher teaching people how to be healthier. Yeah. Which is... <laughs>
1: It's, the and, irony is greater. It is, and I felt, I felt it. And while I was, this was happening, I wouldn't stop reading books. I would read 10, 15 books a year of neuroscience, spirituality, whatever. And I found this, uh, I was reading about Bruce Lipton and the biology of belief, and he will speak about the subconscious we're programming. So I thought, well, that's very interesting because maybe... So for me, yoga and all this spiritual journey was like opening new rooms in my inner house. was like getting to know new areas or building new areas in my house. And I was sharing with people all these new areas I built in my house, but I was forgetting to tidy up the rooms where there were black moments or make some cleaning in the rooms that things weren't very nice, you know? I was avoiding that. I was so happy with the new stuff in my house. I was sharing (laughs) people this, but I was holding, um, how do you say, like uncleanness from the past.
0: Yeah. My, so you, bu- you built an extension to the house. I did. And that's where you invite your guests. Yes. you're like, look at my house, look at my house. It's still
1: your guest rooms and your bedroom is a fucking mess. That's right. right. And I realized that that's tied to limiting beliefs I was holding maybe when I was little. You, know, you don't know. Maybe when you were two or three or five, maybe you had a trauma. And that created a belief, and that makes your behavior towards life, towards your job, mm-hmm. towards relationships, towards health. So I started researching more and more, and I went to Argentina to do workshops of a process I call Psy- that it's called psyche, which is subconscious reprogramming. And I found it really interesting because I know yoga and meditation; it's a really good way to work on your spirit and mind and body. And if you blend that with Undoing limiting beliefs of yourself, it's like a catalyzer. It's like putting Vaseline and, you know, it goes quicker, you know? (laughs) Um, So I just quit the yoga studio Because I just... Yoga is forever for me and it's for me because it works for me But I think I can share my message way more beyond than placing myself on a yoga mat and doing salutations to the sun Like there's many yoga instructors that can do that, but I want the message of yoga rather than the Movements of yoga Mm. the message of yoga the science of yoga is way more powerful and if you because if you practice yoga without knowing the science of it There's no point. It's fitness. It's like having uh, an iPhone and just making phone calls I mean, Mm. yeah, you you can use an iPhone for phone calls, but you can do so much more with an iPhone Mm. with yoga. Yeah, you can stretch your body, you know, yeah, you can do so much more but if people are missing the science behind, if people don't know all the capabilities of an iPhone, they wouldn't know how to use it properly, mm. right? So I became aware that yoga needs to be spread in the philosophical way also, and the practical way, in order to get the full potential. You can have a Ferrari in your city, but if you don't take it to the highway, you're not making the full potential of the Ferrari. So yoga is a Ferrari, but you need to take it to the highway in order to Mm. really feel the experience of it. So I'll start doing uh, speeches and like doing therapy through subconscious reprogramming, because there was a space more comfortable for me to share my insights and share my philosophy of life in order to how you can see problems. Because as engineers, we solve problems. That's what engineers do, Mm. solve problems of the system because the system is vitiated, the system is corrupted, you know, the system doesn't work well. How about this system? How many corrupts, corruption happens in this system? How many incoherences are in this system? So I like the term emotional consultancy <laughs> or inner engineering that Sadhguru says that. So I started doing this, organizing workshops and doing speeches and doing therapy because it was a space that I can get more deep with people about my insights of how to see problems in life—they're not problems. They're just obstacles that they're not—they're not, they're not um, like not letting you go through life. They're, I think, obstacles is the path. That's mm-hmm. the path. So yeah.
0: <laughs> and and I it highly resonated with you. And now you're putting my journey in perspective because I'm also an engineer and mm-hmm. I'm also using my mind to <laughs> <you're> say. <saying. laughs> I don't want to solve a bug in a co- program that will be obsolete in two years. I want to work on these code That's that right. Keeps evolving and still alive constantly. But just to come back to the overall journey, I feel like when you were studying engineering and, you were, and your sister put the first light on mm. the fact that you're basically never in your house, <laughs> like yeah. if we keep with was- the house, you're like always outside and you don't know what's in your side and say, so go inside. That's when you start discovering these new rooms. Yes. Through yoga. But then you're like at some point you're like, okay, I have these rooms, but there's like an inner it's like an onion. And like you, you get mm-hmm. closer and closer and when you're saying subconscious, you feel like you're very close to the core. Yeah. Probably there are other layers, you know, like like in
1: oh, that that's, sure
0: they are. I guess yes, the infinitely small as you zoom in, there's <laughs> like a shit, it's still has smaller part, but I feel like just also to rephrase how I see your journey was like okay mm. closer to the core mm. of knowing thyself, uh, and yeah, talking mm. about you know going further. Do you feel that your level of understanding or self-awareness closer to the center is getting to let's say 100% or still so much more to explore? Or do you feel like
1: you're getting ready to enter a new inner layer? Yeah, I, I, I feel like I found my, my highway in order to go through. I don't know where it's taking me, but I know it's my highway, you know, and I know it's, it feels right for me. And I'm so glad that I did engineering because at the beginning I was like, I love yoga, I love spirituality, why did I spend six years in university solving equations and studying thermodynamics and physics um, if I'm, I'm so in love with this? But now I understood that there were all ingredients that I was used for my recipe, which everyone has their own recipe because everyone gathers different ingredients, experiences and like titles, whatever. So I think what I see that is lacking in society, in my country, is that spirituality and like city lifestyle or like 2019 lifestyle are like separate things. People will think that becoming spiritual is like going to a mountain and just meditate and be outside of the world. But I think what we need now is how can we find Mm -hmm. spirituality in this world? Because we were born in this era for a reason. Otherwise we wouldn't be born in, I don't know, 2000 years ago and we were like so easy to live in nature. But we have to just come back to our nature because we can we could be so disconnected from nature but we still rule ruled by their laws the laws of nature are our laws not nothing more than that so as i've been aligning myself to the laws of nature collaboration interconnectedness cause and effect less is more cyclicity and there's 11 principles of nature that I use uh, with the psyche process, which okay. is built from nature. Mm-hmm. I think it's the best way to bring harmony and balance, because nature has is the, the best coach. Is nature? That's the best coach. You don't need any <laughs> other coach than nature. And just like that, if you pay attention, if if you're a good student, you can have the best teachers in front of you. But if you're a bad student, yeah, you know. So. Based
0: on that, you know, on the, the your study of psyche and mm-hmm. subconscious programming, the laws of nature, what do you believe because eleven is too much. You know, yeah. like it's it's great once you're if you're a good student and you go through the whole curriculum. Mm. But what do you think would be one, mm. maybe three, but right. if one core principle that you think is the first step for the people watching, maybe for me yeah. or w- the one that was
1: for you out of these principles, like right. the first step. Yeah. First one, collaboration. Sometimes we just push ourselves too much in order to achieve things by ourselves. That's very mm-hmm. a competitive way of thinking because I want to be better than the other, I want to be better than the competition. I want to be better in compared to the other countries. You know like the whole like I was a very I love sports and I see sports now and I, it's it's a bit sad because it's so much competition like you see a final of the World Cup and the champion is celebrating, and the losers, second place of a World Cup, they're crying because they didn't get the first place, but they got second, but they're crying. That's that's a very competitive mindset, which brings you to so much suffer. If you Mm. keep on competing with people, you're gonna suffer if you don't reach the first place. If you're second, you're not happy. But if we have a collaboration sort of mindset, then I can do the best of myself, You can do the best of yourself and everyone can do the best of themselves and collaborate and build one Mm -hmm. everyone maybe do a different job in the journey or the business or the family or the the team whatever it is but if we all collaborate towards one goal then we can achieve way more Mm -hmm. than everyone building their best self like you, you see an engine and you see an engine, and you the have engineer. Yeah, you see an engine. You have different parts of the engine, yeah. different pieces, different tools, different shapes, materials, different functionalities, but they all work for one purpose: mm. to move the car. If they start competing to each other, like, not <laughs> they don't work. Like every part of it, even they look different, they're different size, different material, but they all work for one purpose. So collaboration invites us to become aware of one purpose and to work for it. And it mm. doesn't matter I look different, I'm a different material or color. Well, it doesn't matter. Let's work for one purpose but with mm. a collaboration mindset. Mm. It's very profound. Yeah. And I,
0: it's a very big first step. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, yeah, I, it, I, it's I, a muscle. It, I truly resonate. I've done sports too and mm. I just quit because of the competitive mindset. Because for me, not only bad competition is with my older self. Hmm. And the competition against you is for you to challenge me to be a better version of myself. That's the way I see it, you know, yeah. like, I, I want to beat you so that, because I, it will prove to myself that I've improved. Yeah. Now, if you beat me, I'm also happy because like, oh, I have some more to learn, because otherwise, yeah, you know, yeah, right? so yeah. if you're alone. And I think it goes back to the proverb, alone
1: you go faster, together you go further yeah I love it. I love it. and it's like it's it's frustrating sometimes for one in to have a competitive world because you don't get recognition if you if you've done your best. Mm. Like you see uh, in the Olympics, you see the finals of sprinters, hundred meters, and the fifth place or sixth place, they're just like looking like down. They've been training for years for the Olympics, and they go to the finals, but they got fifth or fourth. Mm. No recognition. Everyone's like, no, just the three first places. That's so sad. The first one. I'm the first one and the the rest. All the training, all the effort, no recognition. That's really sad because people should be recognized just for trying their best. Mm. And also, now that you say that, it's like
0: how discouraging. Like the message is like, don't try. (laughs) Like literally, because if you're not going to, if you don't believe you can be the first one, don't try.
1: That's right. Because there will be no reward. That's right. Very very yeah. And that brings to the second principle I really like, it's less is more, mm-hmm. which is, is really cool to understand and share it, psychologically speaking, but bring it to the physiological uh, world, it kind of gets hard, but less is more. I think it's a principle of nature that choose the path of less resistance. Mm. Just choose the path of less resistance, because we have the belief that the more effort we put on, the more we're going to achieve. And that only applies to the physical body, maybe, a little bit. Like if you train your body a lot, maybe you get a more shaped physical body, but that doesn't apply to the mind. If you want a good and healthy mind, you need less thoughts. You need more focus, but if you want more focus, you need less stimulus. So less is more makes you focus on something. Because if you want to achieve too many things, you're not going to be able to profound on all of them. But if you just focus on one thing, like say, I know, Lionel Messi, his focus is to play football, just that, enjoy and play football. And he's, he's the best on what he does, but he just focus on that, you know? You see an artist, you see a musician, they don't focus on anything, but they, I mean, they, they don't focus on many things, just one. Your talent, and if you apply less is more, then you can recognize easy, easier your talent, and just go deep on that, and show the world what makes you unique. Because Mm. uniqueness means, like one thing that makes you unique, but you need to do less things in order to find it and then focus on it. (laughs) Mm. And I think to bring back
0: to something a lot of people watching this probably know is the the Pareto principle the 20-80, 20 20 percent of the effort bring 80% of the results, so yeah. it's, I think what I would how I would translate your message is also make clear you know the outcome you want to create yeah because like the more is like where is the more where do you want more like because mm. if you want more connection if you're really clear about connection you don't necessarily need to drink more <laughs> to get more connection <laughs> actually Maybe meeting less people and deepening the connection. That's right. It's like about getting clear Why are you going out on Friday night and partying until 3 a.m.? What are you actually looking for? Because mm-hmm. I think a lot of us Do a lot of action. We are in the more hmm. Because we don't have the clarity on what is the outcome. What is the feeling we actually want to have and finding the,
1: the shortest path through yeah. that True. And there is a quote that we use in Psyche as a philosophy that simple is divine, complicated is human. <laughs> <laughs> so I think less is more applies to the divine, and more is more is more to the human world. Yeah. That's why I said the body and the mind, but yeah. Beautiful, said. I love that. Yeah.
0: So, let's bring this to an end and to wrap. And, yeah. I always, and the episode was one, I get up with them. Like, it can be something from what we've discussed, something
1: you feel like, if I had to say one thing,
0: But it can be something you haven't said so far.
1: Yeah, so I think that every as we live in the dual world, there's always a a positive and negative aspect in order for something to exist. Like Mm. up exists because down exists, hot exists because cold exists. Mm. So every situation, any problem in life has a positive aspect and a negative aspect, or a masculine or feminine aspect. A constructive way of seeing a problem or a destructive way of seeing a problem. So that why, why, do, why do I say this? Because there's this law of the opposites, that they need each other to exist. Like up needs down to exist. They need each other to exist. But whenever you're going through a hard time, anger, sadness, stress, whatever, it wouldn't exist if it doesn't have an opposite holding it. Right, mm. so, I, but but I'm not saying that. We, if, for example, if I'm getting closer to you now, I'm getting more far away from the doors, the doorway. Right, both realities are happening. There is a positive one, and there's a negative one. Which one am I paying attention to? The Scarcity? Am I like, oh no, I'm getting away from the door, or am I focusing on abundance? Oh, I'm getting closer to Sebastian. Mm. So, if you're going to any hard situation know a knowledge that, that wouldn't exist if there is not a positive one holding it. They, have to, they, they need both. You cannot be going through a sad or negative time in your life if there is not a positive thing holding it to. And that applies to any reality. So if you're able to see both, I'm not saying just shift your focus to the abundance and forget about scarcity. Just be able to see both and then choose what you want to pick, just, just broaden your menu. Maybe you're seeing just rice, 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 but maybe there's potatoes, and you're like, okay, okay, there's two, there's a positive and <laughs> negative, like, which one do I want to choose? And that will beca- you will become more aware that that problem is happening for a reason. If you fear about stepping into a new challenge, that fear only exists because there's growth behind Otherwise, fear wouldn't be there. Mm. Can exist if it doesn't have the opposite. So mm-hmm. it's just inviting everyone to see that duality is everywhere, and whatever you see as positive has a negative con- consequence. Whatever is negative has a positive consequences. Oh, and yeah. Thank you for that. Yeah, pleasure. pleasure. And and building up on
0: that, I really start loving the downs. Actually, I'm getting more excited in the downs and the ups because. In the up, I know what's coming. I know I'm rewarded for my hard work, for having le- learned the lesson. But in the down, I don't know. That's right. I don't know why I'm feeling down. I don't know why things are not working. I don't know. So at, f- at first it gets frustrated and feel things, and I'm just like, oh, great. What's happening? What is, what is the, what is the, and I say for me it's either you have rewards or gifts. And the problem with gifts, what you're describing is most people don't open.
1: That's right, and it's about unwrap the box. Yeah, it's there is a quote I love. It's um, sometimes I win, sometimes I learn, Mm. Um, and that's exactly what you're saying also. Because, like, yeah, like some sometimes we're just like putting our focus in one, and it's like seeing the glass half empty or half full. Just see the glass. Any situation try to see the glass and then choose what yeah, you want to pick. Right. Yeah, it's oh. all I think of perspectives. Beautiful
0: yeah. and beautiful <laughs> episode again on Nuggets of Rhythm. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Thank you, Sebastian. And for this okay. conversation. Again, you know the drill. This is not about listening or getting inspired. I want you to take action based on this wisdom. You don't have to listen to everything. You just take what relates and resonates to you now as you watch this. Because the reasons Jesus can shine this truth is because he has embodied this wisdom. You know, if you can see his eyes beaming and this beautiful (laughs) smile, if you're watching this video right now, it's because he has embodied the fact that life has two sides and everything is a polarity and all mm-hmm. the wisdom not only that but all the wisdom you have shared today mm-hmm. so it's about embodying it so that you can shine for others so go out there find one nugget of wisdom from this episode and start seeing how you can apply it in your life so that you can start also impacting others and now, now you know the drill share like comment subscribe so that you can make sure that you receive all the negative of wisdom i'm sending your way thanks to my beautiful (laughs) guest right see you very soon this was nuggets of wisdom the podcast